Buckle up, it's time for That's How I Roll with Jeremiah Isley, a podcast about the games we play and the lives we live. That's How I Roll is presented by Theology of Games. Visit theologyofgames.com for the latest in tabletop gaming, news, reviews, and interviews. And now, here's Jeremiah. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to That's How I Roll. Thanks for tuning in for episode 90. It's a special zero episode. So, so cool to hit that landmark. That's right. 90 episodes of That's How I Roll. I'm Jeremiah Isley. Thanks again for joining us this week. Going to give you a quick rundown of what you can expect in this show. It's a little special, like I said, because it's one of my zero episodes. And I haven't done this in a while. I think 80 episode 80 maybe fell somewhere during uh, Origins or something like that. But anyway, here we go. Here's the rundown for this week's episode. Uh, we're going to take a look at the word on the street, hear what's happening there, lots of stuff going on. Uh, personally, and of course, with Theology of Games. So I want to make you all aware of that. Of course, we are also going to take a look back at the last 90 episodes. And of course, we're rounding that corner. We're hitting stride here to hit our 100th episode. So we'll be counting down to that as we look forward here. And I'll be doing a drive-by review of Everdell. If you've been following us on Instagram or any social media, you have seen these amazing pictures of this game. And uh, I'm going to tell you how it plays and what I think of it and all of that right here in this episode. And of course, we will round out the show with a segment on Real Talk so that's it. That's the, the show for the day. I say we go ahead and jump into this thing and let's get rolling. All right. So the word on the street this week is summer is over. Well, it's half over. <laughs> so uh, we are... We are sending our our children, our, our boys are now of the age where one is still in elementary school, one is in middle school. I now have a middle schooler. It's unreal. But uh, so the uh, the middle schooler went back to school today as of the day that I'm recording this. We had a really busy, busy day, a busy week leading up to it. And um, it's unreal to think that summer has flown by, but it's also super early. It's like mid-August, people. Come on, why are we starting school so early? Anyway, I don't have any control over that. But um, that was a big thing. And uh, of course, I got to play Everdell a few times over the last week since we last had an episode. And we've been playing lots of Crokinole the last few days. Uh, AJ Skifstad, who's one of the hosts of the Theology of Games podcast and Board Games Daily. He makes crokinole boards. Uh, him and his brother-in-law and his father-in-law, all they do wood shoppy type of things here and there. So he kind of went on this spree of making some crokinole boards over the last year or so. And um, he finally hooked me up with one, which was super awesome. And I brought it home in the last couple of days. I've been playing with the boys and they instantly loved it as I knew they would. 
So uh, that's been really cool. So it's been, um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the first day of school stuff here in the Real Talk segment, but uh, it's just been a very busy, hectic week. We, uh, we've just been going nonstop, and of course, work doesn't stop for all of these things. So trying to keep everything afloat has been quite the challenge. Do you have a question for Jeremiah? A topic you'd like to hear him tackle? Just shoot him an email at theologyofgames at gmail.com or tweet at theologyofgames. Taking a look, a look back here on the last 90 episodes. And if you haven't listened to the show for long, or maybe this is your first time listening to That's How I Roll, I actually started this show a couple years ago when I was driving my boys back and forth to school. And we lived much farther away from the private school that they were in at the time. And so I took this 20-minute ride that I had to go back home after I dropped them off, and I started recording the the show in my car, like just with my phone, like I'd have a headset and that kind of thing. And so I, I originally just called it my drive because it was the first thing that popped in my head, even though it's not really that creative. And then I was like, oh, that's how I roll, really works, because it's like... I'm rolling down the street and it's games because I roll dice and things like that. And so that's how this show started. I've always said it's kind of my weekly or daily. At the time, I was trying to do a daily show, which just didn't work out. Um, Just the way I was trying to produce the show just took a lot of time. So getting an episode out every day was a a very (laughs) lofty and ambitious goal, but just one I couldn't uh, maintain. But it, I've always said that this is sort of my self-therapy session where I talk about the word on the street, things that are happening in life, things that are not necessarily game-related, although I do like to talk about games and do reviews and things like that. But um, I, I, I like to talk about stuff that goes on around the gaming table because I think those things are just as interesting as the stuff that happens on the gaming table. So I've recently had more guests on the show, including uh, last week we had Brennan Noonan and we had uh, Mike Young with Plan B Games. Uh, In the past, I've had Jason Katarski and my good buddy Alan Girding. And uh, we've just, we've had a good number of guests on the show and that's been picking up and I'm trying to be more deliberate in that so that I can bring other voices into the show with myself. And I'm super looking forward to episode 100. I'm trying to actually, I I planned it out. It looks like episode 100 is going to hit right around October 24th, which is very close to my birthday. And so I'm I got to start brainstorming that. I've always kind of had that on the horizon, just kind of thinking, oh, episode 100 is coming up. I should do something special for that. So I don't know what that's going to be just yet, but we're 10 episodes away. And I would love if anybody had any uh, advice or I guess uh, comments or, uh, you know, suggestions. That's the word I'm looking for, suggestions on some cool things that we could do on episode 100 because I'd like to make it uh, a special thing and be able to enjoy that with you, the listeners, 
and not just myself. So get those suggestions in. Hit me up on Twitter at Theology of Games or just email us theologyofgames at gmail.com. Whoa! Hey, everyone, look! It's time for another drive-by review. All right, so here it is. This, I've been excited to do this review for quite a while now and um, we're going to post a written review. It'll probably go up about a week after this episode. So when that happens, I'll try to backlink everything so you can you can find the written review where there's lots of images. But I'm telling you, if you go to um, our Instagram page, I've posted a lot of photos there because Everdell is a very gorgeous game. Spoiler alert, it's a really pretty, pretty game. And it looks great sitting on the table. So Everdell is for two to four players. There's also a solo variant, which I have not played yet. Uh, The box in a peculiar way says that the game plays from 40 to 80 minutes, which is a bit of a wide range, but it really kind of has to do with how many players are playing. I've, the games that I've played have been closer to the 60 and minute. 60 minutes and upside. So that 40 minutes, probably like a solo thing or uh, something like that. So that would be, uh, that's my, my experience with the game. Okay. So Everdell is a, basically it's a medium weight, maybe a little on the light side of medium weight, but it's a medium weight Euro style worker placement game. The theme is super, super rich. I haven't had a chance to actually read all of the flavor text that is there because um, the rule book has all these stories and there's like scrapbook things where there's like letters that have been written from the little characters to another character and there's, it's just, a, there's a lot in there in terms of story. And I really want to read that because I think it really adds some cool flavor to it and kind of brings you into this world of Everdell that's been created. But basically, the premise of the game is that you are a type of little critter. There's uh, squirrels, there's mice, there's tortoises, and there are uh, badgers. There's these four different ones. They have these great looking custom cut meeples and you are trying to build your town in Everdell and you're surrounding, there's a a river that runs through the board and then there's the ever tree that sits on the board and you do that. You build your town by playing constructions, which are buildings or locations. And then there are, uh, there are critters who are the people that inhabit those creations or those constructions. So you, you build that, you can put a maximum of 15 cards into your tableau and uh, you score points. They all have victory points on them. And there are a few various ways to score points, but that's the main way that you're going to score points is by playing uh, cards into your town and kind of building the best town that there is. So let's talk about the setup real quick. And then we'll talk about a player turn. The setup is a bit extensive because you do have to build this tree. It's a 3D tree that stands off the table and it looks great, but it does not fit in the box because it's big. We talked about this with Brenna Noonan last week. You build that tree, you put 
there's four different types of resources that go out and there's spots on the board for that. You shuffle up the meadow cards, which are the constructions in the critters. You put eight of them into the meadow, which is on the board, and then you deal some out to each player. There's also some forest locations that you randomly deal out. There's four spots on the board for that. There's events that are basic ones that go along the river, which flows underneath the ever tree, which is the tree you build. And there are events that go in the branches of the the lower level branches of the ever tree. And then there's the last thing you're going to do is you're going to set up some of the meeples go at the very top of the ever tree and they sit there. And as you prepare for the next season, you pull one or two of those meeples off, depending on which season it is. So that's basically the setup. The setup is the game looks gorgeous and it looks big and sprawling and everything, but the setup is actually pretty easy. It's not difficult at all. Uh, everything on it makes super, super sense, even though you're like, oh, I'm putting things on this tree and in the forest. And it it's really not that overbearing to, to take care of uh, setup. So after you set up, a player turn looks like this. You can do one action on your turn. And there are three options. The options are that you would place a worker and then that's going to trigger a resource or maybe an event that you're going to gain a card on, things like that. So you, you can either place a worker, you can play a card and you do that by paying the resources that are necessary listed on the card or some all the critters have a location that they match up with, like the judge and the courthouse and the bard and the theater and uh, the shopkeeper and the storehouse and things like that. So if you already have that construction built in your city, you can play on your next turn, you can play the matching critter for free. It's great because that's less resources that you have to go get. So you can, that's the second action. You play a card. Now you can play those cards from your hand or from the eight cards that are sitting out in the meadow. And if you do that, then another card comes out of the meadow deck and replenishes there. Those are the main actions that you're going to take. The third action that you can do is prepare for the next season. You start, you're starting in like late winter and then you start by preparing the next season you prepare for a spring, then summer, then fall. When you prepare for spring and fall, uh, every time you take, every time you prepare, you take all of your, uh, your meeples back and then you gain meeples. But when you prepare for spring and fall, there are certain types of cards that if they are in your city, they activate. So there's a green card. It's a, it looks like a little plant, like a little sprout on it. And when you say, oh, I'm preparing for spring, it's like magic. On that turn, all of those cards activate and you're, you get resources, you get cards, you get whatever it says. Very, very cool. Um, and then that's the game. You keep doing that. Once you have you can no longer prepare for a season and you can no longer play anything. Then your game is over. Everybody continues until they can no longer do the same thing. And then the game ends. That is, that's the very basic description of how this game plays. There's a little more to it. Uh, you know, in terms of like some of the different locations and the events and how those work and some of the the constructions have spots on them that you can play a critter on and then it activates other things. 
So there's a lot of things going on with a game that has three very basic actions. And uh, I just, I saw pictures of this thing and I said, wow, Everdell, that sounds cool. Like it sounds like a cool little theme and all of the artwork and the components and everything that I keep seeing pictures of look beautiful and gorgeous and sprawling and great. I wonder if this game is a good game. And I think, see, here's the thing. I think that's unfair to a degree, but also I think it's, it's warranted in a way because a lot of times there are, you know, you'll find some games that people think, uh, oh, hey, they, they really kind of made a, a pretty game here, but it didn't play well. But so many times they, they match up, you know, there's really good components and the gameplay is really great and it's just, it's all around a good game. So obviously everybody, you know, a lot of people wondered, oh, it looks great, but does it play that well? I'm here to tell you it plays just as good as it looks, if not better. It's a really smooth, mechanically sound, just a wonderfully made game. Top to bottom, this game has everything. Great components, great artwork, great graphic design. I mean, it's a wonderful game. I will say this. One, I'm playing the collector's edition. So if you don't get the collector's edition, some of the components don't look as nice. Uh, it, particularly the uh, the point tokens, which in the collector's edition are metal coins. They are just punch board uh, in, in the uh, regular version. And I'm assuming that it's the same for the resources. So the resources in the collector's edition are there's berries, there's pebbles, there's sticks, and there's resin. And they're all 3D. They all have their own texture. The sticks are made out of wood. The berries are made out of this squishy rubber kind of uh, material. The resin is orange crystal looking stuff. And the pebbles are probably my favorite one. They're just these flat little like river rock looking uh, grayish silverish uh stone looking plastic pieces they look so so cool uh my one small small knock on the game and the components is that these sticks while they look great they're they're little brown wooden tokens they are completely cylindrical and they're like tiny little rolling away steamrollers. <laughs> like you put them on a little pile and they just kind of scatter all over the place. So at first it's kind of fiddly trying to get them to stay in one spot. That I'm serious. That is my only knock on this game uh, is just like just make one side a little bit flat, like sand it down or something so that they don't skitter all away when I put them down. Other than that, uh, man, this game is so good. I played it with my boys. We played a three-player game. They were, like, blown away by it. They really haven't played a lot of worker placement games. 
because a lot of worker placement games I feel are still just too heavy and there's too much going on and would take way too long. We played it in about an hour with them and I just, they had a blast. They loved it. They loved the little characters and the creatures and the all of, everything about it, uh, how the game played. They're like, oh, this makes sense. And they did this and this and that. And they, they scored well. It was a close game. I've played it a uh, four-player game with gamers. And they were all, again, you know, oh, this looks great. Does it play great? I'm like, yes, it plays great. And we played it. And um, they just, they loved it. We all had a great time with it. So my recommendation is go out there and find a collector's edition because it's just, if you're going to buy a game that looks like this, just go for it. Just, I think it's like another 15, 20 bucks, whatever. Well, well worth it because it's a gorgeous game. Um, if you, if you do, if you don't get that, you're still going to have a great time with this game. It's going to play really, really well. You're going to love it. Uh, but I, I just, man, I can't recommend this one enough. Super solid game. So much fun. I know there's an expansion coming for it soon. Can't wait to get my hands on that thing. And uh, so there it is. That's that's Everdell from Starling Games. And I think you should own this game. Okay, this week's Real Talk segment is about family traditions. Now, I seem to think at some point in an episode way back, uh, we've had a conversation like this. Maybe it wasn't, it might've been around Christmas time, like, you know, holiday traditions, things like that. But um, I wanted to talk about family traditions and and kind of, I don't know, we'll we'll just see where the conversation goes. But um, we did this thing today where, so like I said, at the beginning of the show, first day of school for uh, first day of middle school for our oldest. And it also, you know, because they were in a private school and now he's going to public school. Um, he does know some kids because of sports and things like that, which we're really grateful for. Uh, but we were like, let's do something cool. And one, you know, maybe start a little tradition here, but two, make the day go well, kind of get it off to a fun start, relieve some nerves, that kind of thing. So what we did is we invited um, all the sixth graders that are on his football team and uh, a few friends that we know from sports that are like in seventh grade and uh, a few of the kids that are coming to the same school from the private school that we were at last year. We invited all of them. We had you know, eight to 10 of them actually show up, but we said, Hey, six fifteen in the morning, school starts at seven o'clock, six fifteen. come to our house. We're gonna have pancake breakfast, come eat some pancakes all you want. And then all you guys can walk over to school together. You can all, you know, just kind of walk off in a pack and nobody has to be alone and, and that kind of thing. And, you know, we, like I said, we had, I think it was eight or so, uh, with a few extra siblings thrown in there that showed up and it was so so cool we posted pictures online and facebook so parents could see some cool first day of school pictures because it's sixth grade it's middle school you don't really like walk your kid in and take pictures in the classroom with their teacher and that kind of thing anymore it's like they're too cool for that (laughs) um and 
you know, a lot of people are like, oh, what a cool tradition to start and this and that. And we're like, yeah, you know, we, we like to do things. <laughs> you know, a lot of people were like, that was a great idea. And I should point out, you know, we live right next to the school. Like literally our backyard property line is the school. So it's, it was like a no brainer for us to be like, yeah, people can come here and they can walk right over. It's a two minute walk. But, you know, we like to do stuff and we like to have traditions and things that we do. Like when we go on a road trip, we always play moving right along. Like that's the song that you have to play before you, you know, get too far down the road because we have to sing along with Kermit and Fozzie. Like that's what we do. When people heard that we were doing this pancake breakfasting, they're like, oh, that's crazy. Why would, I can't believe you're going to get up that early and do this. We're like, but why wouldn't we? Why would we just have another normal day? Let's do something fun and start a tradition. So I just wanted to throw that out there. What kind of cool traditions do you guys do for, you know, first day of school? Like things that aren't like, oh, it's just, you know, Christmas. You have to have a tradition for Christmas or for Thanksgiving or New Year's or whatever it might be. Like what are some other traditions that you have outside of those uh, regular, I guess, traditions and uh, let us know. You know, like we had a family that didn't show up this morning because they said we have to take the bus picture. Like we have to take the picture of our kids getting on the bus so we couldn't miss the first day of school and, and you know, change that up. That would, That's our family tradition. I was like, totally get it. That's totally cool. Not, you know, don't apologize at all. Like, yeah, sorry, we couldn't be there. I'm like, no, 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 no. Do you, you do your thing. Um, so just want to throw that conversation out there. Let's get it going. Hit me up on uh, on Twitter at Theology of Games or at the uh, Gmail there, the Theology of Games at gmail.com. So, all right, let's talk about traditions and family and all of that stuff. Okay, that's going to do it. Thank you again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Hey, if you're listening on iTunes or uh, Spotify or wherever it is that you're listening, if you, I'm seriously, if you just take a second to subscribe and then those five star ratings and the reviews, those help so much because it's the whole algorithm thing with iTunes and, and all these services. The more ratings, the more reviews, the more subscriptions, the more people are shown the show because people go, because those services go, oh, this show is loved and liked. And that means we need to let other people know about it. So more people download it and listen to it. So I'd really, really appreciate that. And of course, Patreon is still happening. It's still there. We've got a cool sale going on. You can get extra credits to spend in our uh, treasure chest, get lots of cool promos from some great great publishers, including Starling Games, who provided me with that copy of Everdell, for which I am very grateful because I love that game so much. Uh, so yeah, if you want to check out Patreon, head over to theologyofgames.com slash Patreon. You can find out all of the uh, cool reward levels there. I think that's all I've got for this week. Thanks so much for these first 90 episodes. Looking forward to counting down to 100 with you all. And um, until next time, when it's episode 91, I'm Jeremiah Isley, and that's how I roll. Thanks for rolling with us today. That's How I Roll is produced by Jeremiah Isley and brought to you by Theology of Games. 
If you liked what you heard today, take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in and drive safe.